This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome again, listeners, uh, from wherever you are tuning in, whether it is in the car at home. Um, it's a privilege once again to be with you, to journey with you, and once again to have uh, Peter Scholes with us and uh, sharing. Schultz. Uh, Schultz. Oh, I beg your pardon. Thank you very much, Suki. Um, thank you very much for being with us again, Peter, and very, very welcome back. Yeah, thank you, Freddie. And My listeners, pleasure. if you. If you, um, uh, if you missed the previous program, be sure to catch up because Pete already spoke to us last week. Um, so be sure to get the podcast. Frederick will give you the address at the end of the program. And Peter, maybe you just want to tell people a little bit about Mighty Wings because you're part of Mighty Wings, a life center. You are the managing director of the center and um, you've got a few mm-hmm. branches. We spoke about that. So listeners, we're not going to go into all of that. You will just give us a little um, a little summary of, of what Mighty Wings is, and then we're going to talk a little more about that. Okay, uh, Suki, fine. Uh, Mighty Wings Life Center is a program which runs twice a week on a support group basis for both the person struggling with addiction and the family. And the purpose of that is actually to try and assist them um, in their natural living environments without having to take them out or remove them from the situation where they are in. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the training uh, when they join the program is in terms of uh, coping skills, in terms of decision-making, in terms of um, uh, taking responsibility, being accountable, and um, by God's guidance, restore their lives to become meaningful ways of of living their lives within a family, but also within the community. Mm, and recovered addicts that are in recovery are such wonderful people. Mm. Often they are humble. Um, we, we, we often work with, with people that had come through addiction. And isn't that so, that they're just so, so much more productive in society um, in many ways um, in their, when they're in recovery? What do you experience with regards to that, Peter? Um, definitely so. I think that, um, in essence, um, people that struggle with addiction um, and, and, and related behavior problems, which we perceive and experience as negative quite often, um, and they themselves may experience in a way as, as being self-destructive, mm. is near a way of trying to to live a life in a way that is functional for them. Um, in all the years I've worked with addiction, I've never come across a person that said, okay, fine, so I aspire to become addicted. I'm going to start using or doing A, B, and C so that I can become addicted. Hmm. Um, that does not happen. Yes. Um, actually, if you sit down with them, if they want to live a meaningful life, they want to be accepted. They want to be acknowledged for who they are and respected for who they are, but do not always have the means or knowledge to to make this work out the way they would very much like it to. Right, and we said last time about um, uh, your uh, there's a verse 
that you use on your website of Mighty Wings that says, I will seek refuge in the shadow of your wings yes. until danger passes. I just want to mention this again. As a, this is a, it, it's often a long process, but it's something that gets yes. better. It will eventually pass if a person engages. And the theme for this month is how can we help people towards healing? If people yes. engage in a constructive way, in a positive way, and they use the right kind yeah. of help, it will get better. Hey, danger will pass mm. eventually. Mm. So uh, yeah. you mentioned in the previous program, you also have a family program. Tell us a, a bit more about that, please. Yes, um, Suti, thank you. Just just looking at the program, we, we've uh, learned right from the onset that um, addiction does not happen in isolation. Addiction mm. always affects family. It affects everybody around us, not because we want to, but by default, that is a consequence of, of our addiction. So family members, and, then, and this for me has become interesting in working with family, is that um, specifically the spouse of, of uh, or partner of somebody in addiction, um, in, in treatment are always perceived in an, what I refer to, an add-on capacity. So I'm either there to help my husband to go into treatment because he's got a problem, mm. if it's a male, mm. um, or once he's gone for treatment, um, I'm there um, to help him not to relapse and mm. backslide again. Mm. So... Again, it becomes the family member's responsibility and you find that they walk on eggshells all the time because mm. maybe I do something wrong, maybe I say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Um, whereas they um, actually need to be assisted as people in their own right mm. because they are people in their own right mm. and not as a part of the addiction. Um, and that is why whatever they uh, we do as, as a spouse or a partner um, whether we threaten divorce, whether we threaten leaving, whether we try and plead with them, whether we cry, whether we swear at them, whether we are angry, none of these things work. And then mm. we start doubting ourselves and, and start wondering, but what has God now got in store for me being married to this person or living with this person? And, and it brings all these things into play, which needs to be put into a context where they can understand Mm. But my life is about me, and I have to first focus on me before I can meaningfully contribute in any relationship, whether mm. that's with an addicted person or not. Exactly. Mm, yes. I love it that um, what you actually were saying, but not very specifically, but that it's a holistic program yes. for not only the addict, but the family members and those close to the person mm. uh, that is suffering yes. from addiction. And, and and that actually brings me to to the another point is there are some of the things that you have on your website that are not healthy, um, not helpful, right. and, and not helpful. Mm. Yeah, that are yeah. not helpful. Can you go through some of those uh, points for us, please? Okay. Um, so, Frederick, in, in all due respect, I don't know. They're off um, by hand or. Off the list, so I'm just going to speak in general terms. Mm. Uh, off the cuff, so sure. I think in in in, in a way, uh, if we look at the fence mechanisms that people in addiction um, more and more bring into play to be able to continue with their addiction, the family member becomes almost more and more protective, and themselves take on more and more defense mechanisms. Mm. In, 
defense mechanisms in order to to so-called help the person um, in his addiction, believing that, first and foremost, that if they do the right things or say the right things, then probably the addicted person will stop using or will mm. stop doing what he's doing. Mm. And, and that is not helpful because, uh, as, as they would say in, in, um, in Al-Anon groups, which we link up, um, and that is part of the holistic work that we do, is that we, we work with other support groups and, and other treatment facilities because we don't believe that we are the only ones that have the answer. The answer lies in between everybody right. and all of us mm, working exactly. together. Mm. Mm. So what, what, what they say is that in the first place that um, understanding as a family member that I does not cause this it's not my fault. So mm. secondly, they have to learn that I cannot control it. So mm. whatever I try and do will not make any um, dent in the addiction or the need to continue using or doing whatever I'm doing. So I cannot control it. Mm. And this is where many of our family members are stuck because they believe that if they do the right thing, they can control it, mm. which mm. is um, mm. a, an approach that does not work at all. And, and lastly, they, they cannot cure it. Um, mm. Those the three C's, not cause it, I, I can't control it, and I cannot cure it. Mm. So it's not up to them, really, even after the addicted person has gone for, for rehabilitation, it's not up to them. To, so important. To, um, mm. Behave, yeah, in a way that that they can mm. sustain that mm. sobriety. Mm. That sustaining of sobriety has to come from the addicted person. I'm itself. so glad so, you're saying that because it's so true. Yeah. I think so many people are struggling with that for years and years. Those three C's yeah. are of utmost importance. I haven't caused it. I can't control it, and I cannot cure it. And um, then also something that you mentioned, some of the words that, that stood out to us, is that it's, there's no quick fixes, right? There's no way to, to no. just fix this thing quickly. Um, one, we're also part of many support groups. And um, during uh, the course of our own recovery, the listeners know about it mm. because we often share our story here on the program. Um, mm. We um, mm. have been, we have spoken about m- multiple 12-step groups and um, and always refer people to the different kind of places where mm. you do, can find help. But one of the things that um, that we that in one of our groups we often say addiction is baffling, powerful, cunning, cunning, and um, you also say mysterious here, right? And you also mm. mentioned something about dry addiction. Can you tell us about that? Mm. Yes, um, thank you for pointing that out, Suki, because. I think we need to uh, rephrase um, recovery. That that is just how I would look at that. Um, For people in addiction, uh, we believe the issue is that they have to stop whatever they're doing or whatever they're using. Now, I don't believe that to be true altogether. Um, Yes, that is the first step. Um, One has to stop or refrain from doing what you've been doing. Um, but but the problem for me, or the, the context for me, is that once I stopped, I must not start again. Mm-hmm. So it's not stopping my drug abuse. 
it's not starting again because it is going to have the same consequences. So the mm. not starting again for me should be the emphasis rather than the stopping. Wow, I love that. And the reason why I say that, and that comes to your question, is that stopping cannot be a goal in and by itself. Mm, mm, um, mm. We have to change our lives. We have to replace the need to do or use with something that is more constructive and gives meaning. So mm. in order to sustain our sobriety, we have to change the way we look at life and we live life. And this is why we believe as, as a Christian-based organization that Christ is the one that brings this meaning. Christ is the one that enables us to change to a life that he has called us for. Amen. Peter. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Peter, what you're mentioning there, I think, will take us into our next point after the break. So okay. after the break, we'll go on to changing every part of one's life. Thank Amen. you very much. Let's have a break. Sure, thank you, and welcome back, listeners. And um, Peter was talking about what it means to be a dry addict or be in dry addiction. And uh, Peter, will you continue with that, please? Yes, um, very briefly. And I, I try. I must try and contain myself to <laughs> carry the weight. So, very briefly, um, being. Being a dry drunk means basically that I have not yet decided to really want to not use again. Mm. I am in a situation that I'm forced not to use again, so I'm not changing my behavior. I'm still doing what we call addict behavior, but I'm not using. And therefore, it's important that our life areas need to change because um, it's not only one thing to change. It's not only about stopping. It's actually recovering. It's, it's looking at our other life areas. Okay, just, just before you continue, I want to know yes. what do you mean by I continue with the addict behavior? Can you just explain that to the listeners? Yes. Okay, so um, addict behavior means that I'm still oversensitive about issues if I'm, for instance, struggling with, with alcohol abuse then I'm very sensitive about topics and situations related to alcohol. So I would respond to that in a defensive way or in a destructive way by um, doing things or saying things which may be hurtful, projecting my uneasiness about the substance or alcohol use. I dump it on another person and either hold that person responsible for my situation and I still have underlying anger, which I've not dealt with, and I um, project that onto people around me. Mm, so uh, wow. dry drunk behavior means that my own unresolved issues, I blame on others. Mm, mm, thank you. That was very, very well said. Okay, continue with your, your line of thought, please. Uh, okay, no, fine. So, so the life area, if, if we um, look at, at our recovery, is the way we think about ourselves and other people, the way we feel about ourselves, the way we relate to other people, and the way we relate to God. Those four life areas mm, 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 mm. need to change. That needs to be 
placed in a context that I am happy with. Because mm. I am not happy with myself, therefore my use of substances become functional and it replaces my working towards happiness by doing it for me. And that is, I, I don't learn how to work um, towards my own happiness. I don't learn how right. to work towards my relationships because the substances or the things I do replace right. Okay, Peter, Peter that, just that before I you have. continue, it makes so much sense what you say. But just to, to, to mention again, um, because we know some of the listeners that are listening struggle with process addictions. Mm. There's not always a substance. Sometimes it could yes. be a process. It could be pornography. It could be game addiction. It could yes. be gambling. So actually, when you talk about substance, you're also referring to those yes. things, even though they're not uh, physical substances, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so Absolutely. And, and it may also actually include things like work, mm. things like exercise, things like eating. So that means that we are doing or using things to compensate for what we feel we lack inside ourselves. Mm. And therefore, the, the things that we become addicted to um, gives us the meaning that we seek, we, mm. which we should seek within ourselves. And that is why it's always destructive and never brings us to a place that it is meaningfully contributing to our well-being. Mm. Peter, what I see here is any addiction, doesn't matter what we are talking about, it Mm. robs us of intimacy. It robs us Mm. of intimacy with God, with other people, and especially with those closest to us and Mm. also Mm. with ourselves. Mm. So Mm. That's um, why the program's name is Into Me See, because um, we've learned that intimacy is so important and connecting, the whole thing with connecting. So, so Peter, I'd like us, we don't have much time left, but just in the in the little time that we have left, there's an acrostic that um, Mighty yeah. Wings uses. Could you just go very briefly through through that acrostic and why every one of those acrostics of recovery is so important? Yes. Okay. So um, the, the the word recovery, the R E C O V E R Y. Um, the first R means restoring every area of one's life, mm. which basically covers what we have spoken exactly. about. Exactly. Mm. The E means effective boundary setting. That means that we have the right to determine how we deal with our feelings um, and that we don't um, do just to keep other people happy, mm. but we don't allow other people to do to us just to keep them happy, but we have a right to also have an opinion, um, to say no or have an opinion about matters. Mm-hmm. Commitment to change means that it's an ongoing day-to-day uh, process. It is not something that, as we said earlier, there's no quick fix to that. So we have to daily be committed to working towards our recovery. The O is the uh, one uh, day Sorry, the just, time with, just with regards to, to that commit, committed to change, yes. Peter, that is not only for the addict. But it's for their partners, family members, and friends None as well. None of these are. All of them are for partners and, and uh, families and friends absolutely. and addicts, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Thank you for pointing that out. That is very true. Um, and, and that does not only go for a partner, but it can also be a parent or mm. a child of an adult mm-hmm. person struggling with addiction. Mm. 
So the O we've done, the B is values and models are restored, um, which are the things that give us purpose and, and context in our lives. We have rules that we live by, and that needs to be restored because once we get caught up in addiction, our world becomes chaotic and the values and models Okay. Just just before you continue, I think we actually skipped the O. The O is one day at a time, and that's yeah, so important. Yes. We've gone in this yeah. program, we've done the whole serenity prayer, and we actually yes. spent um, a week, was it like a month or a week, on, on every sentence. So we've coming uh-huh. through, you know, we start at the beginning of the year with, um, with yeah. Trevor Hudson, and um, we've been working a little bit through his book, Seeking Serenity, and using that as a base. And the one yeah. day at a time is such an important concept, right? And then, okay, so you mentioned values yes. and morals no, restored. I'm sorry? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes. Um, just to support the one day at a time, very much so. And even uh, bits of a day, if, if that is required. Yes. But mm. that's fine. One moment at a and time. <laughs> yes, absolutely, mm. Nat. Um, earning back trust um, crucial. When when we're in addiction, we become dishonest. We make promises. We break continuously, even however much we want mm, to believe mm, that. Mm. Um, so people do not believe us anymore, and um, that trust has to be regained. And that is probably the most difficult mm. of of all the um, aspects in our lives mm. that need to be restored. And I just want to and say, there, Peter, very important. Mm. I know the wives of of um, addicts always struggle so much with that because they think it's their job to trust. <laughs> no, no, no. Mm. They cannot, they can only trust. It's it's the addict's part to restore the trust. He needs to show that he's not dishonest anymore. Or she. He needs, or she, right? Um, that uh, promises wouldn't be break it, broken any longer. Isn't that so important? Because I know they often think, I just need to trust him again. But how can you trust if the person is not trustworthy? Mm. Mm. Yeah, but and and again, the only way that we can restore that um, is not by saying anything or convincing anybody of anything, but showing people by our day-to-day living exactly. that we have changed. Yes. It's the change yes. in us that restores the trust, mm. not yes. what we do right and wrong all the time. Yes. Um, mm. But it's who we are within ourselves. Exactly. Um, and, and that is why going back to commitment, because all these aspects are so interrelated, is that, um, and coming back to the right round, I am not in recovery because I have to be. I am in recovery because I want to be. Mm. Yes. And, and that is what makes the difference is our motivation, the attitude which underlies the reason why we are in recovery that is extremely mm. important. And that is what eventually will help earn back the trust um, because people see through us anyway. Mm. We think they don't, they do. So, um, and specifically close family members. Mm. Um, the integration coming to the second R into recovery lifestyle, I think that speaks for itself. We've covered that. Um, and then your recovery, um, it's nobody else's recovery. People in addiction are selfish um, because they have to be so that they can continue. But by the same token, people in recovery must be selfish to that extent that they don't allow other aspects of their lives to interfere with their recovery. So I would always want to call it a justified selfishness. 
that it is your recovery. You have to work at it. You are responsible for it. Mm. So don't allow other people or other things to distract you from your recovery. Mm. You are the only one that can sustain your recovery, nobody Mm. else. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Wow. You summarized it so well. So listeners, we invite you to go to the website of Mighty Wings. If you want to check any of this out, the information is there. And then people can contact um, Mighty Wings. You can look it up on the Internet or you can contact Radio Pulpit. They will give you the information. Thank you so much, Peter. It's been such a joy to talk to you. Very informative on how we can help um people struggling with addictions in healthy ways and specifically also then for friends, family, partners of of addicts. Mm. Yes, thank you very much, Peter. And um, listeners, if you've uh, perhaps tuned in late in the in the in this uh, broadcast. Uh, go get back to the podcast and at uh, K Pulpit, and uh, look up into me see and download the podcast. Listen, send it to a friend that you think uh, needs to hear it, and uh, yeah, keep in contact with us through email at frederiksuki uh, at kpulpit.co.za. And we'd love to connect with you. And uh, see you next week. Thank you. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.